0: No, real quick. I bored no. Uh, dude, don't threaten me when we're talking about won't this stuff. I will fuck you man. up, Ashton. Don't say no, no, one more thing about no, that. Just dude. shut your mouth right now, Ashton. I'm warning <laughs> you. That's your this is your last warning. Don't talk that no with me, dude. No,
1: seriously. Oh, oh fuck. Right. Okay, okay. Don't okay. touch that. Do not touch that. Get to the mic now. Now, so. yeah. okay. uh, all right, boys, where do we begin? Welcome to Surf Expo 2019. From the Orange, Orange County Convention Center. From in- Orange County to Orange County. Exactly. And um, really presented by Florida Surf Film Festival. 100%. Deserves all of the credit in the world for pulling this thing off. Um, Chaz Smith, is a special episode of The Grit on location. Who is our special guest today? We
0: have the one, the only, Unofficial. Macadamia Matt Warshop.
1: <laughs> I think it's just Macadamia Matt. Macadamia <laughs> Matt. Don't, don't even include Warshop, just Macadamia Matt. Shall I tell the story? Welcome, Macadamia Matt. Hold the yeah. mic up to your face.
0: M- Macadamia Matt, he got a new nickname here at the Surf Expo.
2: I, I was, mean, it's I, really the
1: headline of the weekend. Do You is. would think the punch is the most important no, no. thing? No, 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 no. Definitely not. This Macadamia. Is, I've nightmare. never had a nickname.
2: Yeah. Really? I, no. Uh, long ago in the 70s, and I'll just fess this up now because the pain has receded a little bit. My nickname was Wimpy. <laughs> oh. That that fits that's, what all the, that's what all the Zephyr guys That wimpy, fits perfectly them,
1: yeah. with the Popeye punching olive oil. Right. It's totally wimpy. Then we, <laughs> then we got Wimpy over there asking <laughs> if he can get a hamster today. You know, when
2: you're, you're young, you, you won't own I didn't, you know, anyone would call me Wimpy. It was mostly Alan Sarlo um, and Jay Adams, but mostly Alan loved calling me Wimpy because he, you know, he looked like Brutus, so I was do you wish you leaned into it more now would you like to be known as but who knows who knows that i was i was 11 for sure i was just like mortified that that was my nickname yeah 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 i'll take macadamia matt all day i think i think uh before we get
0: to macadamia matt real quick like the value of a nickname is so amazing every time i've gone to australia every time i was so jealous and i think i've mentioned this on the show like australians give nicknames so beautifully and you know fluidly even if it's just the haza or you know whatever they do they're they're brilliant at it do you have one i don't i Never ever ever had a nickname.
1: I like olive oil.
0: I I, I might I might really <laughs> lean into olive oil. Olive oil olive is a good oil one. Pretty freaking olive, good Olive Oil Smith is totally epic because it is directly associated, of course, with the Popeye character, but also as a standalone thing. It's I mean just olive oil Smith is pretty epic.
1: As a standalone thing, but then it has to be born in a like in a big bang. Yeah. And right. that was born out of a punch from a guy who was dressed like Popeye. Like, it's just, once you know the backstory, it's so much more significant. I'm
0: totally going to. I'm going to try to embrace Olive Oil Smith. Although there was a bit
1: of contention in the comments section over whether he was looked more like Popeye or, or Brutus, Brutus, yeah, Brutus right. which I think is worth discussing, which we could do later. But, after. but we, we, It's but a we question, have.
2: question of hat usage. Because didn't Brutus have, did Brutus have the... Brutus had
1: a sailor hat.
2: No, Brutus oh, oh, no, no, Popeye I had, a hat. had a sailor hat, so, okay. so he's Brutus. Okay. So,
1: no, I thought Brutus had the, the exactly. watch cap. The, the he had the watch cap and the
2: beard. Right, right, uh, right.
0: He's Brutus. Ashton was Brutus, not Popeye. Right. So Brutus, but Brutus would be the one. Olive oil that's, that that Holy makes crap, sense, doesn't it? Which, of course, because Popeye was is Olive Oil's boyfriend. Right. He, he punch would her. never.
1: Yeah, yeah. Brutus. Well, no, olive that's oil. domestic violence happens all the time. Chaz, <laughs> actually, especially. <amongst> <laughs> but punching another man's wife is a new level of like just wrong <laughs> especially considering how this all started okay, but we'll before get, we get into this, uh, this, I, I, this I just want to say dude. something
2: about the, the macadamia thing because it yeah. was so sweet oh we're yes. going to do
1: 30 minutes on macadamia can <laughs> we jump in right yeah. now yeah. Yeah. So oh, 100% please,
2: please, please. I come into these shows I haven't been to one for years and, the, and the, the level of expectation is so low I just dread coming and I always end up having a great time and it's just because you're seeing people that you don't see all year or in my case in 15 or 20 years so I'm walking the aisles yesterday, and I saw Mark Cunningham. Famous the, body surfer. Yeah. Seeker, yeah kind of, of. The, Lifeguard. Yeah, I mean, a, he's a, a surfing saint. And he, he, I said, hey, Mark, and he peered at my name tag, as everybody seems to be doing. <laughs> uh, in, oh, hey, Matt, how are you? And I said, I'm great. And he, he's very friendly and, and very ch- chatty, and he, and he you know, brought me right into his sort of booth and sat me down and wanted to know how I was doing. And he, he, said, he said, I love your website. I love the website. I love Encyclopedia Surfing. He goes, I never, I never look at it. I don't really go online much. I never look at it, but I love it. And I think he realized that what he had just said was a little bit insulting. He goes, look, I, I want to make a donation. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. So, you know, and he reaches down for his wallet, uh, Velcro wallet, opens up his wallet and pulls out the last two bills. He pulls out his last two 20s and he gives me $20 right there. He goes, uh, I'm so stoked. Here, take the sorry, 40 bucks altogether. And then he looks for a moment uh, a little puzzled and he says, hold on a second. He reaches behind to his backpack and he pulls out out of his backpack a big box of uh, chocolate-covered macadamia nuts. And he goes, take this too. And, and he goes, I'm so glad with what you do. Just take that. And, and, and so I was just looking. Here's Mark Cunningham gave me his last $20 bill and what look to be like his last box of gift, his last gift box
1: of macadamia nuts.
2: Absolutely. made by weekend. Well, it is it,
1: the best donation to the Encyclopedia of no, Surfing. I'm mean, happy with that. If, yes. he, if
2: he had said, I'm going to get you 500 bucks and a check later, I would have, you know, I'd be stoked. But to, to get $40 cash and a box of macadamia nuts, which we all enjoyed last night. So uh, over, a, over playing blackjack and eating chocolate covered macadamia nuts. Cunningham's chocolate yeah. covered macadamia yes. nuts. Yes. So,
1: it was so good. It yeah, was such it a good was story. Highlight on my weekend. And. The birth of your nickname, your first ever nickname, Macadamia Mac. To be bestowed upon, I mean, your name is bestowed upon you by Mark Cunningham Cunningham Cunningham. is significant, right? Man, is Mark Cunningham the best known surf figure who's not known for surfing? You know what I mean? Like, I can't think of Mark standing on a surfboard ever. Well, do we
2: do you count knee boarders? I mean, he's a so, Greeno's better known. It's a good point
0: greeno but but i think but today though to like i think lots of people know mark cunningham right
1: people know greeno just because of the fin line and stuff i would think
0: really i'd say i'd say mark is a more recognizable figure amongst the surf masses than greeno like greeno for sure for core like really surf surf people but i think a lot of people know i mean i think yeah and stuff know mark cunningham they see pictures of him body surfing beautiful man because
1: of that head of hair exactly yeah, Unbelievable, he's sixty. Statuettes. He's
2: sixty-four. He's newly married, by the way. I found out. He showed me his ring. Nice. Um, really? Um, was it a co wood ring? <laughs> <Does it laughs> well just like it was like they were just. He makes them out three. of macadamia nut. <laughs> yeah, we them together. And he had, a, and I was talking to him at his booth, and he had a picture behind him of him um, body surfing a wave at a place called Point Panic, which is a oh, great. Yeah. And you wonder like how much of his career is due to that incredible head of hair? Like uh, the, you're looking at the, you're looking at the body surfing photo, but it's a recent shot of him, and he's in his early sixties, and he's that that hair is just spectacular i think i think
0: that about a lot of people like men men with not just hair but like men with great hair how much of their success they owe to having great hair
1: a lot of it is attributed to hair and the second half is a good nickname well the third half is branding yeah the third half is height oh yeah good point (laughs) so it's branding and if you can kind of brand yourself and stand out in the room with those three things surefire success yeah yeah
2: well, three days is too much, you guys. <laughs> three days is way too much. I've had so much fun, but three days feels like a day too much. Yep. Yeah.
1: I'm glad we're not setting up or tearing down anything. Could you imagine at the end of this if we had to no. tear down a booth the and only, then drive
0: home? The only way to do it would be like basically plaster drunk. I mean, that would be the only way to kind of get through the just the depressing pain of tearing down in a cavernous convention center.
1: Yeah, I'm the opposite. I want no alcohol. Like well, I need pure sobriety to even function. We've, we've right? talked about this, right? Because otherwise, I'm just going to like not do my work. Yeah, I'll come up here and nap on these couches. Oof.
2: Which, by the way, we missed opportunity looking around us right now. That's we're on a- the we're on the tell us where tell the everyone where we are.
1: Um, we're on the second floor of the south concourse of this massive convention center, and uh, the second floor is completely uninhabited. There's bathrooms and stuff up here, too. Yeah, there's a bathroom right here. The the
2: convention center is so massive that the first day when we came here, you guys remember this? We got a little lost. We were in the the convention center nearby driving, and to course correct was 1.8 miles.
1: From the east concourse to to the south concourse. 1.8. There's absolutely
2: no... I mean, you could walk it, but
0: that
1: would be... Even the employees Uh, are on segways and golf carts. Right. Because it's that much distance. It's really fascinating. And there's like multiple conventions happening, obviously, at the same time. This isn't just surf. I
2: went to the coin con- the coin convention. It was awesome. How was it uh, labeled? Uh, the co- it was a coin show. There's a no, name that I can't sign. pronounce with the, the sign no, 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 that was a, that was an
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell them what the sign was. You posted it on Facebook, so it's not like it's.
2: Not- I, I, uh, I'll pull it up for okay. you later. Okay, but You'll the pull coin it out for con- me? the coin convention uh, was amazing. Everyone in there was just as stoked as the surf folks. They were older and less tattooed. And the boots weren't quite as extravagant, yeah. But the people were fired up. Like they were, there were some amazing, you know, stamps and bills and all kinds of stuff. It's funny when you can see surf in the proper context of right. of another hobby. Yeah. I mean, because right.
0: surf is, you know, I mean, I patently refuse to call it a sport and you know, a lifestyle slash hobby. But to see it, to see them next door to each other, a, a coin and you know, whatever collection uh, thing with a surf thing where it's all basically the
1: same these are just enthusiasts right? right coin enthusiasts surf enthusiasts i was actually this is my first time to surf expo i was really impressed actually by how professional the surf industry was in this environment not only are the i think like first of all for listeners it's this surf expo is actually far larger than just the brands that we know and love from the magazines we grew up reading there's all these um fishing brands right. maui Jim sunglasses stuff like that's kind of on the periphery i think of it's surf. like beach
0: beach lifestyle beach too lifestyle, right yeah. for for like caribbean whatever stuff so in the
1: far back there's like shot glass vendors and things like that that are selling to tchotchke stores um but because maui Jim has so much more money to work with they build out this super elaborate booth that looks like it would be in a shopping mall and then therefore all the other surf brands have to actually kind of live up to that and this is their best showing and it's really impressive i was like shoot surfing's arrived i feel like in a sense
2: they do a good show well Well, it's funny you say that because what i noticed i hadn't i haven't been much of a trade show attendee since the 80s the late 80s and when we walked in yesterday or two days ago it looked and sounded and smelled almost identical to what i remember at the asr shows in long beach in the 80s like i was surprised at how little had had changed yeah interesting and also yesterday or two days ago there was a lot of 80s music being played and you know if i closed my eyes it really felt like i was just been transported back in time to 1987
1: yeah so awesome well kevin miller and john brooks at the florida surf film festival organized the three of us to come out and uh, be jurors where Chaz was actually um debuting the lisa anderson documentary trouble so that's where we all linked up first in june and then um they he's kind of organized us to come back and surf expo also contributed to get us out here to host a Chaz and i to host a podcast seminar yesterday to explain kind of how the medium's growing and how your brand can engage new audience through the platform but it was all through florida surf film festival's booth they did movie screenings. I was shocked at how really well attended that was. We did the screening last night for Stab's new Stab in the Dark video, and uh, normally in that type of an environment, it's too chaotic. If there's not bleachers for people to sit in and like a confined audio for them to listen to, it doesn't really translate, but it was really well attended. Right. Um, everybody's just pulled off their role, I think, really well. So People had fun. Yeah, yeah. It's been good.
2: Well, and definitely the the booth that Florida Surf Film Festival is occupying, which is right next to the Hurley, Hurley booth, yeah. was the, not just sort of humble bragging it, but it was the center of the, it's yeah. been the center of the
1: show. It's been really great.
2: Right. It's where it's uh, where the most people are. It's where the, you know, I mean, everyone's, that's where everyone seems to be meeting.
1: It's where the most famed interaction of the weekend actually took place as well. Here we yep. go. Here we go. Yep. Famous. Enough, enough a, teasing. A famous interaction. Oh, it was good. Do we need to fill in people with the backstory? And here's the craziest thing. Today is the one-year anniversary. I just saw that. I know. Oh, the coffee Thank, table. Shout drum. out to the commenters, by the way. This whole show's dedicated to the commenters because Always. the commenters have provided so much humor for us this whole weekend. The entire weekend, we're on our phones, like, driving around in the car, refreshing the comments and right. reading the latest one and just laughing endlessly. So somebody in the comment section pointed out that it's the one-year anniversary of the famous reclaimed Coffee Table Jump podcast. Jump or Leap? I,
0: I think I go back and forth. I mm-hmm. think Leap is what I try to stick mm-hmm. with most of the time. It was a Leap, I think. Okay. Would, you, would you
1: characterize it? As, I mean, you saw it. Well, well it's how would just you what's funnier. It? Yeah. What's funnier? It's true. I think Leap is funnier. It's true. Yeah. So it's amazing that it's a one-year anniversary. Today. I've been referencing it's like eight months, but one-year anniversary today. Right. So um, I wonder if that was all part of Ashton's design. Maybe. Hmm. so a year ago we set up a debate stab magazine versus beach grit ashton goggins editor of stab magazine versus Chaz smith debating the idea was to kind of debate the merits of both of your platforms and why you basically constantly talk crap about ashton and stab magazine and uh it quickly uh what's the word can i yeah jump in Prior to that
2: podcast, yes. had there been back and forth with you guys, or was it mostly just sort of a beach grit? It was only be- beach grit stab. Like I knew no, no, but pa- was, sta- was, sta- was anybody at Stab replying?
0: Had there been sort of a here, oh, no. here? No, no, no. Uh, and I had talked to, it's funny, funny that you bring this up, poignant. Uh, I had talked to Ashton right when he took the reins at Stab, um, and part of his, Ashton had been at Surfer, and part of his beef with Surfer, uh, Ashton, you know had had beef with surfer i think the way they did things and he didn't like maybe how neutered it was or something i can't remember exactly but he wanted it to be edgy right and so when he took over at stab i said well this is perfect now is your opportunity to be edgy right like uh, i've been poking at beach grit i mean i'm sorry poking from beach grit at stab for you know a year forever for this since beach grit started and like, take the bait. Like, come in. Let but nobody, the, nobody at Stab had ever. No, they, they they had done like a couple like super like kind of pent up rage article like of whatever. Like we'll we'll drop in like you know stupid beach grit whatever. But very rarely. I think I think they feel uh, their ethos is you know the biggest diss you can give somebody is is just to ice them out. But to me, and this is my point, I think to Ashton in the in the podcast too is <clears throat> and before that in person was, well, that's silly. Like, if this was, like, massive media, if we were covering politics and we were just two of, you know, 800 uh, media outlets, then great. Uh, You you know, one can ice another one out. You can pretend you're not seeing what they're doing. This is Stinking Surf, and surf media outlets are falling by the day. So now we're basically down to four. If one (laughs) is sniping at the other one, one of the four, how can the...
1: How that can, becomes the story, really. And how can that one and how can, can, that, one per, and how can yeah. that
0: one pretend that it's that they can't see it exactly. or aren't
1: seeing it? Yeah. So
0: anyway, so I had had this conversation with Ashton before, and he was like, yeah, 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 you know, it'll be fun. We can go, you know, and I was, at that point, I was like, this is totally, you know, I mean, I always feel more or less what I do is good-natured, and I, I think that it, it does not come across that way 90% of the time, but I, I always mean well. I always mean just to be having some fun. So I thought, Ashton, you should have fun back at STAB. This is an opportunity to create, and again, I've said it on the show before, to create kind of a... Uh, Nixon era Washington Post versus New York Times where you're both competing for scoops uh, but you're also competing directly with each other and you can also barb each other back and forth right and so that was my whole point and then coffee table gate happened. well let's
1: back up actually I'm curious how did you meet Ashton originally because I know he was contributing articles on Beach Grid in 2015 he
0: did I can't remember if Ashton came through Derek or had reached out to me but I think he was he was just a fan of Beach Grid a fan of the writing. Uh, you know wanted to do some stuff was like i can't even remember if he was living in florida at the time or maybe it just he might moved have been, to california he
1: was in new york for a period i remember yeah. that
0: he reached out though to one of us and yeah so we you know ran some of his articles on beach Grit uh early on it was his first foray into the
1: surf he, space i think so yeah think he think might he was have living in his, san
2: francisco with his brother at that point yeah that's he? what it was i
1: remember he was so. writing um in the culinary world like for some magazine yep. epicurious or some magazine Uh, Bon Appetit, maybe. And
0: so he wrote for Beach Grit, and then I think parlayed that basically into a job, uh, an associate editor position or something at Surfer Magazine. How long was he there? I think he was there for under a year, right around a year maybe. And why did he leave? I don't know. I, I, I think there was bad blood a little bit i don't know specifically like i don't know the the real reasons but yeah. um yeah bad blood i think between i don't know what what he wanted what he thought he wanted i think i think he really thought he i, I mean from what i remember he wanted to be editor in chief and thought he deserved it for some reason um, and so it was really kind of ankle-biting around in the office.
2: I used to talk to Ashton a lot on the phone back then, and I remember thinking he, he would have conversations about, this is what's happening to the industry. It's a, we're in a huge state of flux, and the one who survives is the one, person who's going to be, I think, the most adaptable. And he felt, and I agreed with him, that Surfer needed to make a big change because it was a big moment. Yeah. And I think that he, whatever happened with various... Uh, things with different personalities at Surfer, but I think that his instinct at that point was actually spot on, which was that Surfer needs to do something big here. Yeah. And Surfer thought about doing something big and they were very close to doing something big and decided instead to just sort of stay status quo, which they've done and they're still they're still there, so maybe they weren't wrong. But I think Ashton felt frustrated that he didn't get to come in at a really early stage and be part of... Revolution uh, of remodeling the the biggest name in surf media. Yeah. So I I think he was disappointed by that. Yeah, and I know it got a little weirder than that, but that's what I think was the, at the at the bottom of it. Sure, that stands to reason. He was, I, he, but he was too he was too new to the mag. Yeah, I felt exactly. like to to be able to make any kind of demands. He We're was only months into the thing, so that's that's where he. It wasn't that he was wrong. He was just he didn't yet have the. Um, he Gravitized. didn't yet have the... Right, or, or the seniority to be able to yeah. come in and sort of say anything like and, that. and also, I mean, he was pretty new to surfing at that point, too. Exactly. I mean, he Absolutely. It right. wasn't, he
0: was not like he came in with a bunch of experience from somewhere else.
1: You that. can be um, a profound, like, genius-level talent, but you have to let other people realize that on their own. They're the ones who have to really, right. like, anoint you with that. You can't come in and try to convince people of that. You just have to let your work show. Right. And um, I agree that it's too short of a timeline and then it's also a 50-year institution so and really the only name that is synonymous with surfer is john severson so if you're going to come work in a 50-year institution you need to be aware that the institution comes first and your name might never get known and you just go and support the institution and mold to you don't need to be a superstar if you're going to go into that world so i don't know what his expectations were um And I don't know even what went wrong, but fair enough, move on, that's fine. The only reason I'm asking for all this backstory is I really want to understand these altercations that have happened because I don't feel like I fully understand them yet. I feel like I understand your side, Chaz, because you and I spend time together. I've had limited interaction with Ashton since both of these altercations. And even in our short interactions, I don't feel like I really understand where the rage is coming from. And I get, I've had two different sides of Ashton at times he's very gregarious and friendly. And then yesterday or the day before enraged at me. And I was completely confused by that. We squashed it. I thought we were friends again. And then this morning he iced me out and wouldn't even say hi to me. And I'm like, Whoa, now you're pissed again. Like I'm not (laughs) Ashton. What is going on? So that's why I'm asking about the backstory stuff is I actually want to understand it, you know, and I'm, I'm concerned that he actually is very upset and that he's losing sleep about it and that bothers me like I don't want him to be that bummed out about any of this because I know you're not losing sleep over it I'm not losing sleep I'm afraid he's getting all the barbs because you're the one talking about it publicly on Beach Grit and constantly poking and poking and poking so my experience of course is different because I'm not receiving any of that but I still don't want him to be bummed out it's like dude are you really this upset about it? it seems it's like good that you purge it, it seems but like by, by all means, nobody months. cares that much. Yeah. You know? Certainly, Chaz, the guy who's uh, <laughs> throwing the barbs, um, who should recount the actual punch? Everybody's probably seen the video of the punch at this point. If you haven't, push pause. Go to uh, beachgrit.com and find the video. Sure. Ashton punched Chaz, not to spoil anything, but you want to recount it? Um, I'll recount it from my
0: perspective, okay. and then I would
1: like your perspective. Okay. If, okay, well then let me start. Okay. Because there's a reason why I filmed it. Sure. <clears throat> um, yeah, people, so people, a lot of people thought it was a
0: setup, right? I right. Mean, I think they think a lot of what I do is a setup, and no, I mean, maybe it is in my mind somewhere, or in my heart somewhere, but none of it's ever positioned. I mean, set I, setup in the way that, of course, I'm I'm going to go provoke. And I guess beyond that, though, nothing's nothing's planned.
1: Right. So the original podcast debate was a year ago and it got really personal and heated. Uh, You leapt over the the reclaimed coffee table at Surfrider Foundation and put your hands on Chaz. It wasn't a choke. It definitely no punch was thrown. I was the only witness to the event, but you leapt over the table and was like, we're yelling at him, and he was sincerely confused. The look on his face was confusion and kind of laughing it off, and I was able to break up that non-altercation by just putting my hands on each of your shoulders and going, hey, 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 chill out, chill out, chill out, and you both sat down. We actually resumed the debate. Yeah. So that happened. Three weeks later, you and I both get a call from the sheriff saying that Ashton had filed charges with the police department, and... Would I be willing to testify in a court of law as the only witness? And I said, no, it was a non-altercation. I wasn't concerned about Ashton's safety nor Chaz's. It really isn't worth tying up any resource at all. He goes, hey, okay, well, if you're not going to participate, would you mind letting Ashton know so that he doesn't have to hear it from me? If they're both your friends, let him know personally. And I'm like, perfectly fine with me. So I hang up and immediately text Ashton, hey, Ashton. I'm not going to testify. This might end your case. I apologize about that. But really, it's a non-altercation. It's not worth tying up a day to go to the court office to, to figure this out. He never replied. And I feel like I reached out one or two times through email for something else. And he also never replied to that. That's fine. No big deal. I've seen him five times since then at various events. I've walked up and been pleasant to him. He's been pleasant to me. The first time I saw him, I even said... Hey, dude, how crazy is it that we haven't seen each other since that altercation six months ago? Is everything okay? And he blew it off. He goes, dude, no worries. Oh, it's been that long. No worries at all. Completely blew it off. So in my mind, I think, okay, cool. He's over it. I clearly have zero animosity. I like Ashton. I want him to succeed. So I have no animosity. Cool. Moving on. I think he and I are cool this whole time. So then I'm walking through the trade show uh, 20 minutes before Chaz got punched and Ashton was standing there with his hand in his pocket, and I'm walking by, and I grab his attention. I'm like, Ashton, I put my hand out to shake his hand. And he goes, hey, if you don't mind, I'm not going to shake your hand. And he starts going, Matt, do you have something to say? I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to say go
2: that go. after... I, I, I'm not sure if it was consistent, but let's. we do need to say that what happened two days ago didn't come out of the blue, because Charlie has been... The, Ashton calling the police, which is ridiculous, <laughs> became the thing that... Charlie has been hammering at, musingly, uh, but but yeah. but endlessly. It's like all you know. It's been a, it's become that's become a go-to punchline for Charlie. Absolutely. So, and, and Ashton doesn't won't engage with. How, you know, there's no win for Ashton to engage there's with no Charlie. Yeah. Uh, in that, so I, whatever happened two days ago to me was as understandable. I think, but as predictable as you can imagine. I mean, he's, of he's sitting. One hundred percent. Yeah. So so so. W- he might not have been angry at you six months ago. He might not have even have been that angry at Charlie six months ago. But I think that there's been the
1: steady drip. Completely agree. I mean, of, of what's happened, you know. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
0: I would honestly not be surprised. I mean, in my mind, I feel totally deservedly. But Ashton was uh, what's his name from Cape Fear? Uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. Oh. Where you just like in the cell, you know, doing pull-ups with, <laughs>
1: right. with thinking about the same with a picture moment. of me on yeah. the wall.
0: Like where it's. Right. I mean, that's how it felt. It was so built up to the point of. Like crazy, pop. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to go into Ashton's house and have like a cardboard setup of little cardboard figure me, yeah. cardboard figure him, where he like puts the pieces around and yeah. and how you know plans about when this moment was going to come. Because of course we're both in surf industry. I think he knows me well enough to know I will go anywhere at any time. You know, not because I'm necessarily brave, but just it's I can't look myself in the mirror in the morning if I don't show up. Right, right. like I I'm a horrible
2: fighter, probably. <clears throat> uh, i am um, yeah whatever but i have to show up let, yeah. me, let me throw something out here before you continue with the story we've got to get back to that narrative but how many people would want to take a swing at charlie with that same level of rage uh,
1: as ashton like how many people do you th- just as a, just an estimate david lee i think the number's low i think chaz has provoked a million people among them 99% don't take it seriously at right. all, and they laugh it off. So the ones that would actually take a swing, I would say three people? I was going to say six, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who would they be? <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll, I'll say one more thing, too. Ashton's also correct to not engage with you, Charlie, because uh, nobody can win that, you know, the, 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 not the blog off, but nobody can go toe-to-toe with you. In in the in the arena that you that you are you guys are in you're too you're too good. The only thing I would pay money to see, though, is as I have said, is for you to go toe to toe with Derek. Yeah,
0: well, I know? mean, but I, but I was waiting for for and I but, and I don't think I'm that you know I think I have fun with what I do, but but. Uh, I was always wanting and I never necessarily wanted Ashton to engage and of course it got to the point of just absurdity where it became this a, a running gag right? right for Beach Crit which right. th- that's beyond you know that's something entirely else but early on I just wanted Stab to engage with Beach Crit right I wanted right. I wanted somebody there to to say okay I, you know I'll go in I'll go into the ring and have a go right to be, I've always felt so frustratedly unfulfilled by never having a sparring partner never anybody and I don't know genius because you,
2: you've you've Talented yourself out of you, you've 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 moved out. There's, who who would stab? And when you say Beach grit you mean yourself, cause, or maybe Derek, but you know Derek's no. I don't think Derek has any animosity towards people in general. So so you're basically saying who's who who would, who would at um, stab? would step up to you
0: anybody like like why can't why can't somebody get in the ring right i'm why sitting there at? i'm sitting there in the ring
2: gonna come waiting
0: of- waiting just airboxing, airboxing air boxing and waiting and nobody and it's not like it's i don't think I'm that good i think that i think certain things are funny and i'll you know whatever i f- like i really enjoy the game like truly genuinely enjoy the game and maybe that's what it is. Maybe other people just don't enjoy the game and so it's really hard.
2: I think the game is a little bit rigged because you're you're that that's much That's very true. You're that much better than well, they and are. Because that's I, the way the they Beach they,
1: Grid is designed is right. even to like take those shots right. and they, nobody else has the platform right. to even really go toe to toe and what, if they and, do and, and this if is they, like no, I agree to, with that. Like
2: they're trying to be Beach Grid. Like, so right. if they right, engage exactly. you, what ends up happening, and this is particularly true for Todd at Surfer, He's going to look silly because he's trying to be—he's trying to do a, a a Chaz Smith version against Chaz Smith, and that's—it's not going to work. Even if he could do a decent imitation of you, then Surfer's looking dumb for. For punch, it looks like they're punching down. Like what? what is I mean,
0: that's 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 all the issue for them. I think that I think that's the feeling is that they're punching down, right? But I mean, at this point now, oops, Beach Kid is as big as everybody else, and so with all the silly, all of it, I mean, so th- it's yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm that good. I, all I look at myself and think there's like chinks all over my armor like there's a thousand ways in and not and, I, I think the difference maybe between me is i just don't get riled up i think it's all funny
2: but, what are the, but one of the biggest mm-hmm. weapons you have is that any if anybody lands a punch the first thing you're going to do as you as we're going to find out in a minute when you take up take the story back up the first thing you do when someone lands a punch is doff your hat and say well, i deserve that well well played 100 and so there's no hurting you there's actually no way to. There's, I don't even think there is. I don't think there is a chink because if anybody finds something, you're you're going to be the first person to say
0: you found hey, it. You found it. Good, good and then job. And it's no
2: longer a chink, is it? it then it becomes you. You know, you've turned, you've sort of turned that in against them.
1: Well, back to the narrative. Yeah. Um. I love you, Charlie. But I'm saying it's no, it's, no. It's rigged. But well, I mean, it's rigged because it's all a joke. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the ultimate irony it, of all of this is... It's a joke, except for Ashton
2: and other people get really... It's not a joke to them.
1: Yeah. No, but, but Ashton I, would... A- if this saying. was about yeah, yeah. somebody else, I bet Ashton would love the entertainment value right. of it. Everybody right. loves the entertainment right. value of it. This is what we want. He right. even referenced, which I can get into, about the Tanner Hendrickson and Michael Rodriguez fight when he was talking to me. So it's like he loved seeing that and he thinks better of Tanner now. So he's all into it. But the person, once the person becomes the one who's getting made fun of, they're so hypersensitive or certain of these people are so hypersensitive. And that's what I wanted to convey to Ashton and I haven't been able to clearly convey is like, hey dude, this is all just surfing. Like this is all a joke. The fact that any of us are making any amount of living at all is amazing and also silly, but, and so but even made a on joke out of
2: his—it's his career. You, you can no, say it's just surfing, but it's also his career. Depending on how you play career.
1: it, if you take it seriously, he needs to realize the joke about the reclaimed coffee table leak leap is so much bigger than Ashton. Like that's now just a meme that we're pointing at. When the you know uh, the most famous memes—I'm trying to think of—bad luck Brian. Let's say one of the most famous memes. That kid is, or that guy who's probably an adult now, isn't at home crying, going, "Oh, everybody really thinks." I'm an idiot, and then I have bad luck. No, no, no. It's a meme now. We use your face for the meme, but you're just a meme. That's really what it is, and I want to kind of say to Ashton, like, hey, dude, it's not personal, and here's why it's not personal. I don't know the name of any one of your girlfriends. I don't know the name of your family, your parents. I don't know anything about you, so I can't even make it personal. It's not a personal attack. It's just there's an opportunity here to spar a little bit and to have fun, and when when I was in high school... If somebody left the house wearing some stupid ass hat or some stupid ass cowboy boots or whatever they were wearing, I'd point to their feet and be like, dude, you are not wearing those out with us, idiot douchebag. Go back in the house and change your boots. And he'd laugh about it. And maybe he'd still wear them out. Maybe he wouldn't. But it's okay to give your friends crap like that because that's what friends do. And I feel like up until, well, last year, I guess. That's what I thought this all was. I thought this was all like, hey, it's okay to joust publicly and then when I see you personally I'd be like, "Great to see you. You got a good barb in here and there because it's all just surfing." Sure. Nobody's dying on the operating table at the end of any of this. Well, and, I, and
0: I think I s- I seem and maybe am like it, it it might seem really vindictive and mean-spirited, but I purposefully never ever 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 bring up anything outside the one thing, right? Like I'll never right. make fun of somebody's, you know, weight even necessarily. I mean, maybe I'll throw in a little I don't. I don't think I've ever made fun of Ashton's weight. I don't think I've ever made fun of, you know, anything at all besides two things, the coffee table leap. And then, of course, calling the Ash- police. Ashton put the the coffee table leap would have gone well away. But calling the police for that, to me, that was, uh, I guess, that's when it became more personal because that became representative to me of the absolute sissification right. of our culture. Like, I could not believe... Patently could not believe it. Not the annoyance that I had to talk to the police for 30 minutes. I mean, the the policeman that I talked to was so embarrassed to be talking to me Me about it. He was like, I'm so sorry I have to waste any of your time. I have to do this as, you know, Ashton press charges. And I was just thinking the whole time, this is this is where surf culture has gone. Like this is the level that it sank to. And so then it became it wasn't about Ashton calling the police. It was about the idea of police getting called for something that would never. And, and of course, Matt knows way more and better than me. I'm, I'm an outsider in this whole world, right? Like I grew up as a kooky Oregonian youth, dreaming of surf, reading the magazines, dreaming of Hawaii, dreaming of the North shore, dreaming of this bigger life that never, ever, ever, ever once had somebody calling the police in it. Uh, and so to come in, to will myself, you know, barge through into this thing, and have that happen. I just like, not on
1: my watch.
2: Well, well, then the rest of the story that David's going to tell now is the redemption story. Yes. In a sense.
1: Precisely. I agree. So Ashton had 100%. been stewing for the last year since all of that went down. Or, actually, what he told me was he didn't listen. So, sorry. Getting confused in the timeline. Um, once he called the police, you and Chaz and I recorded another podcast because you had written a number of stories about him calling the police. And we discussed that. And one of the things that I said was that he should have been ashamed about calling the police and that it is indicative of the pussification of our culture. That was the word. I used the word pussification. So when he confronted me the other day, those were the two points that he was confronting me about. And he said, I didn't listen to that episode. I go, dude, I can't believe you've been stewing about this for a year, nine months. And he goes, I haven't been. When I've seen you and we've interacted, I didn't know that you said those things about me. A friend of mine pulled me aside and goes, how could you still be friends with David Scales at this point? Have you heard the way he talks about you? And played him that episode. And he goes, you said I should have been ashamed. You think I should be ashamed? And I go, wait, Ashton, Let's first of all, calm down. He was up in my face, one inch away like he was with you, really looking for a fight. I don't believe that he wanted to fight me. I was, I pro, I believe like he was hoping that it wouldn't end in a fight, but he was really willing to fight me if I wanted to fight. In my mind, I'm think I was purely confused for the first two minutes. I was confused and I thought he was going to finish what his rant was by saying, "Tell Chaz I feel all these ways about him." And when he wasn't, he was directed at me. I like was like, wait, 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 what? What? You're mad at me? About what? And he goes, you said that I should be ashamed. And I go, well, Ashton, let's look at that. It was a non-altercation. Nobody got hurt. It is embarrassing. Like, you shouldn't have called the cops. Nobody, like, are you kidding? You think you should have called the cops over that? He goes, no, no, no. He published my girlfriend's IP address. He brought my girlfriend into it. He brought my family into it, all these things. And I thought, and at the moment, I was like, okay, well, I didn't know any of that. I mean, that's not true. Well, well, okay, so I thought about it since then. In the moment, I placated, and I was like, okay, you're right. I didn't know any of that. and Maybe you felt justified to call the cops because of these reasons other than what I witnessed in that non-altercation. But I've thought about it since then the sheriff did not mention any of that the only thing the sheriff mentioned when they called me which again the sheriff was embarrassed he even started the conversation with like hey i don't sorry to bother you with this but do you want to press charges for this thing and so the sheriff was only talking about the altercation so that's why the police report was filed anyways I talked Ashton down because, honestly, I was like, dude, I have no malice against you. He's like, you think I'm a pussy? And that's when he kind of got back up in my face. He's like, call me a pussy. You think I'm a pussy? Tell me right now that I'm a pussy. I'm like, dude, first of all, I don't even remember saying that, but I believe that I did. I'll go back and listen. And I didn't call you a pussy. I said, you calling the cops over a non-altercation is indicative of the way that the culture is going. If this was the 70s, if this was a lot of other places in the world— You would never have done that. The cops wouldn't even take the call. So, yes, that's exactly what it's indicative of. And who cares what I think about you? That's the other thing. Is like, honestly, if you feel as strongly as you do, why do you care what I think? You know, like, we're not going to be best friends after any of this. So, anyways, I was able to talk him down, and it took a good 10 minutes. And I even said to him at some point, I was like, dude, chill out. This is not going to end in a fight. I'm like, people are looking, like people are walking by ready for a fight to break out. And I go, chill out. This is uncomfortable. Everybody around us is looking. And he goes, I don't care. I don't care what any of these people think. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know what I'm-. And i And I was like, well, now that's cringy to say. But I go, here's the real deal. This doesn't end in a fight and, or something to that effect. And I want to hear you out. I didn't know that you were angry. And I actually want to hear what you have to say. So... Tell me everything you have to say. I'll listen to you and I'll tell you exactly why I've made the decisions that I've made. And he listened to that and he did chill out and we were able to chat through it. And by the end, which again, took 10 minutes, we were friends. By the end, it was like, hey, dude, I really like the uh, most popular surfer in the world power rankings thing that you're doing. The stab in the dark thing is awesome. Love the acid surfboard test. He was like, awesome. I love the Derek Hine piece that you did. I'm like, all right, cool. So now we're best friends or not best friend, but now we're friendly. By the end of it all, he's like, well, I got to give Chaz a piece of my mind. I'm so pissed if I see that guy, if we cross paths, I'm definitely going to let him have it. I'm like, you're entitled. I said, you're entitled to that. And honestly, like Chaz deserves a punch based on what's happened. However, I'm going to try to give you some advice. Let's think about this from kind of a global level. If your goal is to have Chaz stop talking about you, if you engage with him, you're going to spawn 100 new articles (laughs) and it's going to live on in perpetuity. And I go, even beyond that, dude, Your legacy is going to be about these altercations. So when Matt Warshaw goes to write an encyclopedia of surfing piece in 20 years from now... It's going to be about you getting into fights. It's going to overshadow all of your good work, like all of your good writing, stab in the dark. These various projects that are notable are going to get overshadowed by these altercations. So think about that. And he goes, he's like, no, he's like, I don't care. That's not true. Chaz, you know how many people want to punch Chaz? It's time that it happens. So I'm like, all right, you're an adult. I've given you my piece of advice. I like you. I want you to succeed, but let's move on from this. And we walked away friendly. Ten minutes later, I see you guys make eye contact, and you start moving to them. That's how I knew to pull out my phone and film it because it's not between me and you guys. Like that's between you guys, but goddamn, we need to document this thing, and I have privy to it. Boom, record. It was right at the booth, but right at the booth, right at the Florida Surf Film Festival booth. Uh, that's why. That's why
0: David Lee Scales, born media man, right there. First it's just instinct. in my nature. Dude. I mean, it's epic. The
1: the right the right instinct. So I start filming it, and you can take it from here, Chaz.
0: So I saw Ashton sitting, standing there, right? And I hadn't seen him. I knew that he was at the trade show. I hadn't seen him yet. And I thought, okay, you know, this is funny. This is guaranteed laughs at some level, you know, whatever, whatever that level is. So I...
2: But you didn't know that he had the discussion? No, no. no, no, I had not seen Chaz in that 10 minutes. And I probably,
1: if I did, I would have said, hey, Chaz, I'm sure you're aware that Ashton hates you and is going to run into you at some point. I wouldn't even needed to tell you because you knew that. Of course. But
0: whatever. And that was was the first opportunity that I had actually seen Ashton. So I like, you know, did a silly WWF, you know, elbow tap, like I was going to jump off the ropes and smash him. Uh, And then, you know, went over and stuck out my hand and said, you know, hey, Ashton Goggins or whatever. And whatever I said, I'm not fucking shaking your hand, man. I'm not fucking shaking your hand. And then he was like, nose to nose, right? Where that kind of, what do you do when you're nose-to-nose with another man? I mean, it's super strange, but there before me, glistening, glistening underneath the fluorescent lighting, I could even see it through my vintage Ray-Bans, was this beard, this, like, nice, conditioned beard. So I reached up with both hands and took his beard in my hands and felt it, and it was conditioned. Like, he definitely either uses, we, which we could, we could maybe have a new segment, in the show. I think we could have a new sponsor in here about either beard oil or beard conditioner, beard conditioner. We should bring somebody on. It felt so nice that I realized the whole point. I never understood the point of beard oil before that moment. And then it was just, it was soft. It was, uh, I could see if you were like a woman kissing a man with a beard, how it would be totally inoffensive if it was properly oiled or conditioned. Uh, so anyway, that was a trigger
2: moment for Ashley. I, no, no, I was going to say, I was standing next to David when the hands went up to the beard. And at that point, I actually stood up and said, well, now it's going to... That, that was
1: a long... I don't know if you knew that, but that was the line crossed.
0: Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I was just thinking, wow, he's really close, and there's his beard. Well, there was... Here we go for when, his beard.
1: When he was in my face, I was confused, like I said, for two minutes about the rage. Yeah. I didn't expect that level of rage. You might have expected it. But he's in your face with that level of rage and I think like you're saying, what do you do when some man is in your face? The thing you don't do is touch their face. <laughs> but you, you reached up you were like laughing and smiling about it and went up to be like, Oh, it almost from my angle looked like you were just going, It's okay, Ashton boy. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's okay, let me calm you down. Sure. You know, but yeah. with he's that in rage. He was mad. He's he was not like, gonna be touched on the face. He was zero to six. Which everybody understands. You can't be touched sure. in the face.
0: No, no. And so, he, and so I, I looked over his shoulder. Uh, I just come from the Von Zipper booth, I think, if we're all going to put this into proper geographical context, on the floor room show, on the, yeah, floor room, floor, show, floor, showroom floor. Showroom. There we go. Uh, I glanced over the shoulder, and the next thing I know, wham, right, right a neck punch, <laughs> lower jaw neck punch. And, and it knocked my vintage Ray-Bans off, and... I think I was smiling at the time, right? I think I came up smiling. I mean, it was so ridiculous. Was, the whole thing was so funny. Uh, it's Like, I've been punched in the face before and have seen Red instantly. And I used to see Red... Like, I have a pretty hot temper. Um, and, it, like... I mean, my blood didn't even boil at all. It seemed like Ashton did exactly what he should have done right there. Good on Ashton. Well done. Uh, hopefully we're bringing surf back right like we're going from last time something happened there was absolutely nothing in private uh you know i mean with david lee scales the only witness um the cops got called this time in a very public setting full you know surf expo with all, all these people around he socked me so i thought good on you internally. Good on you to do the right thing. And,
1: and you knew you had it coming. That's the other thing. Sure. But but the the reason, reason, you, knew, you knew it
2: was coming. The reason why the story is funny and the reason why we can talk about it the way we're talking about it, instead of it being entirely pathetic, and it still was pretty pathetic. Oh, it's totally pathetic. The <clears throat> reason why it, 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 it bordered right there when he hit you and the fact that you didn't hit him because you guys would have instantly ended up on the ground. There's, there's like, n- if that had happened, then I don't think this would be fun no, at all. No, about it, it would have it been it's ugly. It's already a pretty sorry state. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying talking about it, but it was it was weird to see. and I'm, The third grader in me was thinking, fight, 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 and the, you know, the, and the, the man in me was thinking, I gotta get, I gotta fly back home. This is what am I doing here? Like it was, but it, you know, and then the, the, the writer was and the editor was thinking, well, how how does this get played? But there was a moment right there when you didn't. When it didn't escalate, where it became um, a, a sort of, almost like a story that, that, that had to do with Ashton getting a little of his Redemption. own back, and you also, um, in a sense, sort of holding ground by not going forward. It, it, beca- it became, it gave a little back to surfing, like 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 we were saying, and maybe partially erased the, the cop calling from before, that- and I could kind of see my way through to where, well, this isn't actually... 100% pathetic, It's there's parts of it that at least make it sort of redeemable kind of? Right away
0: my mind started obviously going to story, right? And I was thinking, brilliant, we now have a redemption, a redemptive arc to this story, right? Like the hammering Ashton for to the grave for calling the cops it was I was getting tired, it's, that's a tired story, right? We don't have to talk about that anymore, like, I mean, it can, it'll be part of the narrative of him punching me but now this this story gets to round out, I'll probably do a couple more pieces on it, and then it'll, it'll more or less go away, but it gets to live in this, as this rounded out story I feel. All,
2: Let's also be honest that while you and I, while well, we're sitting here saying that Ashton re- redeemed himself, you've also since put the knife in 25 different small times in the last 48 hours. I can't okay? help it. Of course. I know. I, know. I, so, I, can't, I can't help so it. So Ashton's not going to think to himself, look, I, I redeem myself. He might be thinking that, but I, think, I also think he knows that he's also getting more, he's, he's I, getting, he's suffering more harm.
0: The knives that have been stuck in, I feel... I I don't feel that I'm really sticking... I mean, I I mentioned the cop calling again and stuff like that, but the problem was he he threw an ugly punch, and so he's getting... He's copping heat because of the video, right? Right. Like I I feel like I did a... In the description of the first one, I really wanted to be honest from my memory of, of course, not making myself look good. I don't look good in this situation. I look like a... like Being a 40-odd-year-old man getting... (laughs) punched in the face at a, at a trade show. That's not that's not cool. That's not like a, a good thing, but it's funny. But I would say
2: again that the, maybe the greatest weapon at your disposal, Charlie, is or not the greatest, but one of them is that you you are perfectly willing at any time to turn it back on yourself. Yeah. And, and and that's not true for Ash. It's not true for most of us. Really, it's really um, I'm ridiculous. Uh, and when you do it, when you put it back on yourself, you get the feeling that you're doing this a little bit for effect but you're also doing it because you genu- genuinely feel like you're you're dealing a little bit with that, you know, Look how stupid I am!
0: So embarrassing. And right. but this is the whole thing. Like we're in the entertainment business, right? And I think right. I think surf has been so has lacked the, the surfers entertain us, right? But anything outside of of physical surfing itself has been so dry and so bone brittle dry in surfing for so long right. that if I can entertain. That's, that's I think that's an entire important distinction.
1: Job. You're the only one in the entertainment business. Ashton is in the media business. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? I guess so. I think that's it. You're the first surf media anything, personality or outlet, who's actually starting to pivot into entertainment. But I, I feel like... And nobody else is kind of... Like Paul Fisher, entertained,
0: right? Where I feel there is... He was a mascot for a brand. But, he, but some of the stuff he did was so fun. Like it was entertaining outside of the water, right?
1: People create entertainment. Yeah. You're an entertainer. You are an entertainment outlet, really.
0: I mean, yeah. And I guess that's, just, I'm, I mean, not, I don't know. I really have fun writing. Uh, and I'm so happy to be the heel uh, if the story is entertaining.
1: Of course. Of course. And that's what I told Ashton, too. And I said, look, he goes, he goes, you know how many people want to punch Chaz? And I go, you know who wants Chaz to get punched the most? Chaz. Chaz cannot wait to get punched because that becomes the center of, you know. and uh, But by all means, if you feel the need to do it, I think what needs to be said here is everybody thinks you deserved that punch. 100%. Myself, Matt. And so what I was glad about was you had that coming. Ashton delivered it, so he could regain some of what he feels like he lost a year ago. You not retaliating meant it really didn't it, get ugly. That's right. Like, he didn't really deserve any retaliation. No. So it kind of played out perfectly. Furthermore, nobody got hurt. Nobody. Got, the cops never got called, so there's no legal ramifications for any of this.
0: The, I was thinking afterwards, the, the luckiest... Ashton wears a lot of rings, a lot, a lot of right. big, jangly rings. And, he. I mean, if he would have punched me properly, I guess, or better... Uh, if he would have had better form, he would have he would have like ripped my face open, which would have been totally fine. I, I mean, I've always dreamed of having an Indiana Jones lip scar. I mean, that's one of my big my big dreams in this life. I got a couple good nose scars, but no no proper face scar besides the nose. But then I would have had to get stitches, and then I think it because it There's was
1: ugliness p- because it was public and
0: stuff like that. The police would have. I mean, I would have never ever ever you know pressed any charges or anything like that but for sure there would have been some kind of police record like I would have refused to refuse so, to do anything but still it would have been it no, would have been there's a lot dirty. of questions
1: by the way about the punch and was it a punch was it a slap he was really we, trying to punch he just doesn't know punch correct yeah. we investigated the video repeatedly and it's a closed fist but he hits you with the palm and that's why the rings didn't connect
0: he just doesn't know how to punch like ashton's not and that's the other bummer right like or not a bummer like i totally had a lick coming great awesome that you can't punch but i wonder if he's gonna go if he's gonna leave this time thinking okay now i have to go train mma i have to go learn actually how to throw a punch and then we have to do this again that's what ashton's gonna be thinking for sure
1: let me ask you guys this this is a brand new thought That we haven't discussed ad nauseum over the last 48 hours. (laughs) Um, Is Ashton actually the ultimate puppeteer in this scenario? Because if Ashton really was filled with rage and had a vendetta and wanted to hurt Chaz, he could have approached you at Cardiff at Seaside Mart, he could have called you and set up a time to meet with you for coffee and then beat you up privately. He could have walked up to you at the trade show and said, Hey, why don't we go outside and settle this? You guys could have privately went out and handled your business. Not, and he didn't do that. He did it publicly on the trade shoe row mm-hmm. floor. And he got to me first, queued me up. So I was prepped to pull out the video and document it. And he, and I even told him, you know, this is going to be on beach Grit for the next hundred articles. So I gave him that warning, and then 10 minutes later, he executed in the most crowded area we possibly, he came over to our booth, he was in our booth area, and that's where he chose to make all of this happen. Perfect. Perfect. So is Ashton actually pulling the prank in this scenario? I don't think it's a prank, but unconsciously I think he didn't, I don't think he ever wanted to go out somewhere and no he needed to be in public so the question the question is what's the motivation there is the motivation there because he is the ultimate entertainer or is the motivation there to make sure that everybody witnesses his reclaiming of masculinity the second the second one
0: but i totally do again and i don't know how to say this without sounding paternal so i'll just let it sound paternal i completely doff my cap to ashton goggins like i know this show may sound like it's Fun making, and it right. is fun making. It's right. entertainment and all this stuff, but it's also good on him, right? right. I mean, he did what he needed to do, and I completely—if I wore a cap, if I if I wore a yellow beanie, I would take it off and doff it in his direction. It
2: was a perfect little uh, surf trade show moment. I mean, it was a perfect little thing to happen at a at a surf trade show to en- to enliven what would have otherwise been another just another typical trade show
0: day and I really really genuinely hope that people are entertained at the end right like I think that and at some level in the you know far off future I hope that Ashton looks back on this whole circle as entertaining right like, I hope so too where yeah. he looks back and thinks you know he can see the silliness right. or, or get get beyond emotionally the silliness of himself calling the cops uh, and he can see this little circle as that was a you know that was a funny thing that happened there was, there was one year of comedy and right. And now the story, you know, it does, I'm sure it'll come up time to time, because I I won't be able to help myself, but this will not be a drumbeat of, you know, drip, 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 because he did the right thing. Right.
1: We have to discuss the comment sections on Beach Grit, um, and on Stab, actually. They really, commenters on Beach Grit deserve kudos for being honest like you would think that they're all just chaz fans and yeah, that they're no. going to support you no matter what it's definitely not the case like the very first comment and then by the way your guys moderator highlighted the comment was actually against chaz you know mm-hmm. and so it's great to see people on there say first of all you guys both look silly in your outfits the fashion police should have been called so they're not just making fun of Ashton's outfit; no, they're I'm making fun of well. your outfit right. so I like that the commenters can kind of see things globally even though they're in your platform the the beauty i'm
0: so happy you filmed it because no matter what i would have told the story like again making myself look like i did something cool or tough or because it's not right i mean matt hit it on the head it's a it's a in the moment it's such a stomach uh turning time right i mean it's embarrassing to see adult men to see adult men fighting full stop unless it's in a ring or unless you know somebody is like picking on somebody smaller and somebody comes over and just lays them out or you know i mean i was thinking about after the only time now i can really see red is if anything is happening to wife or daughter and that's it like that's the only time i can i can get feel that rage just come you know right up in it's not that or you know whatever but seeing two men fighting is pathetic almost always this was pathetic and the only—I mean, Ashton did the right thing, et cetera, et cetera. But the only redemptive thing for me is just—I hope that the that the entertainment rounds out. But I would have told the story as accurately as I could have, no matter what, since I'm not trying to be the tough guy here. Right. Um, but I think people would have disbelieved it unless the like the video that you had was so so perfectly captured the moment that it allowed me. I feel and. and funny enough i don't even know if people read what i wrote in either story i think people were just rushing to the picture and to the, to the comments or yeah. to the video and to the comments but i really i take pride in those two pieces that i wrote uh what well, was
1: the best line uh
0: the, the bringing
2: i really just still chuckle it's still it's the one thing that people have been talking to me about. ashton
0: ashton bringing bringing pride to a long vindicating. line vindicating a long line of goggins a long line of proud Gogginses. <laughs>
1: The one punch vindicates a long line of go- uh, somebody, Gogginses. We
0: talked about it last night. It wasn't in the comments, right? But, I mean, we should have. Beach Group was smart. We would have had that that day. Yellow yellow beanies for sale on our website with a lo- a either like a proud line of go- or a long line of Gogginses or something on the beanie would have been absolutely epic. Yeah, uh, I'll gift one to Ashton
1: at some point. It was too good. What are your thoughts, Matt? You want any closing? What do we owe people? No,
2: I think we're good. I want to go to the airport and say it's been a wonderful. I had so much fun hanging out, and this whole thing was let's get get the band back together, the three yeah, of us, yeah. because the first time we hung out was last June yeah. the Florida Surf Film Festival, and when uh, when Kevin Miller said the three of you guys are going to come back and get get a car and stay together again, I was I was on. I didn't do a damn thing this whole weekend. I didn't. There was no purpose for me to be here. I had so much fun.
0: I had so much fun too. Um,
1: Everybody's always yeah. glad to see you, Mac Warshaw <clears throat> Mac <Macadame>. Warshaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, By the way walking around the trade show floor after the fight um, the next day after everybody kind of saw the video and read the articles, the higher-ups in every company and the underlings in every company all came over to say how grateful they were that it took place. Everybody across... I never heard one negative word about it. Everybody across the board said this was the best... That was the coolest thing that's happened at the trade show in a long time. And what they added on was Ashton was justified in the punch. Chaz deserved the punch. And I'm glad that Chaz didn't fight back because Ashton really didn't deserve any retaliation. Everybody across the board was like, I'm glad it happened. You would think there'd be one person who'd be like, all fighting is ugly, all violence is ugly. No, everybody was like, well, there's a time for violence, but not a beating. Like, we don't want to see anybody get real hurt. But the fact that it just happened the way it happened, everybody from the the highest high-ups in the biggest companies were like, good job that well, was awesome they
2: all felt it was surfy
1: and yes exactly and, and, well there's and, par- that, and partly of
2: because of the ridiculous stuff yes because like, surfers actually don't fight very well when they do yeah. it's funny so I mean it, it felt it felt like we're, we're in a we're in a kind of an oxygenated you know awful convention floor and something surfy happened yeah felt like the olden days Right, so that's what I think. That's what those I think that's what Bob, you know, Bob Hurley was thrilled, and others like him. Yeah, I think that's what they they responded to.
0: Dragging it back to the gutter, kicking and screaming. Yeah, it's, my, <laughs> it's a Thanks for having me, you guys. It's fun, you oh, guys. Thank you, Matt. Right.
1: Bye.